Hello, Lot here. Just wanting you all to know that this episode has been previously recorded and posted. So I hope you enjoy it or re-enjoy it. Welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Game of Thrones and a Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings towards our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brian. I'm Eon, Eon Blue Negative on Tumblr, and tonight I'm joined with Guile. Hi, I'm Guile, um, Door Podcast on Twitter. Chicky. Hey, I am Chicky, and I am at the Chikrin on Twitter. And we have two returning guests tonight. We got Dramas. Hi, I'm Dramas, and you can find me at I Heart Dramas, all in one word, at Tumblr. Awesome. And we also have Tina. Hi, I'm Tina, and I'm at Cutie Pillar on Tumblr. Awesome. All right. Oh, tonight, um, did anybody hear that Roy uh, Dotris passed away? Yes. What? Yeah. Oh, what? No way. What? Yes. I had, what? No. Yes. This is breaking news. Happened today. He's 94. He was 94 years young. Mm, he had a good learned, run. Never yeah. learned to pronounce many, many words. <laughs> oh, my God. I was just listening to a podcast today where they're like, I hope he doesn't die. Yeah, that oh, would be oh our my podcast. God. <laughs> I know. Wait, I have to ask, though, were we making fun of him on Drunkcast? Or did I make that up? Was that either, was it Drunkcast or was it the podcast? I like, think it was the week? podcast before because we do have a quick little mail about it, so. Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't, oh, I don't oh, think man. it was. Although, oh, let's be honest, it could be Drunkcast and we just might not remember, so. <laughs> God. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So tonight we're covering Tyrion 5 of the Game of Thrones. I'd just like to throw a trigger warning for possible talk of rape and violence because it's the world of ice and fire. Besides, we spoil anything and everything. So there you have it. Take that, YouTube. YouTube. Take that, <laughs> iTunes reviewers. <laughs> When we last saw Tyrion, he was heading up to the Eyrie as a prisoner of Catelyn Stark. At the Gates of the Moon, they met up with Cat's uncle, the Black, the Blackfish, Brendan Tully, and ascended to, to the castle with the help of Mia Stone, where Cat met up with her sister, Liza Arryn. Meanwhile, Arya Stark, in hot pursuit of Valyrian the Cat, stumbled upon a secret conversation between Varys and Illyrio Mopatis, where they discussed their plots. Ned and Robert broke up over Robert's desire to assassinate Daenerys now that she's pregnant. Urged on by Littlefinger, Ned continued his investigation into Robert's bastards, but after exiting Chataya's brothel, he and his men are attacked by Jamie Lannister. Ned tells Jamie that he's ordered Tyrion's arrest. Jamie orders his men to not harm Ned, but to kill his men, which includes poor Jory Castle. Daenerys reaches Vaestas Rock, and her relationship with Viserys continues to disintegrate. Finally, Bran, Theon, and Rob encounter some wildlings in the woods and end up taking Osha into their service. Isn't so that funny? Like how much of it is the investigate? You know, Ned's investigation. Like such a huge chunk of this book is about that investigation. <laughs> yeah. So true. All right. 
So now we're on to Tyrion 5. So um, Tyrion and company have finally made it to the Eyrie. While Cat and company sleep soundly and rooms secured by four walls, Tyrion's <laughs> luck has landed him in an all-inclusive Aww. stay in the sky cells of the Eyrie. His host is the turnkey Mord. He's your stereotypical goaler. 20 stone of gross stupidity with brown rotted teeth and small dark eyes covered with scars and missing an ear. Oh, when he's dumb and really mean to Tyrion here. From the sound of it, Tyrion's been here for quite some time. He's cold and hungry and Mord is taunting him with a plate of boiled beans only to toss it into the wind. Yeah, I can't, you kind of forget like what an asshole and like how horrible Mord is to him. I know, and it's like, you know, we always say our... Everyone says that George Martin is like, he's always a breaker of stereotypes, but I mean, Mord is like your stereotypical. Like, totally. Like your jailer. Right? Yes. And he's awful. Oh. Yeah. Like in the, I mean, in the show, you kind of remember him as just being like a, you know, comical oaf really. And he's just, you know, really awful to Tyrion. <sighs> but, um, I did find a passage describing um, the eerie sky sills that I just wanted to read just to show you how awful this, this situation that Tyrion is in right now. The wind tugged at his blanket with Gus Sharp's sharpest talons. His cell was miserably small, even for a dwarf, not five feet away where a wall ought to have been, where a wall would be in a proper dungeon. The floor ended and the sky began. He had plenty of fresh air and sunshine and the moon and stars by night, but Tyrion would have traded it all in an instant for the dankest, gloomiest pit in the bowels of the Casterly Rock. You fly, Mord had promised him when he shoved him into the cell. Twenty day, thirty, fifty, maybe. Then you fly. The errands kept the only dungeon in the realm where the prisoners were welcome to escape at will. The first day, after girding up his courage for hours, Tyrion had lain flat on his stomach and squirmed to the edge to poke out his head and look down. Sky was 600 feet below, with nothing between but empty air. If he craned his neck out as far as it could go, he could see other cells to his right and left and above him. He was a bee in a stone honeycomb. And someone had torn off his wings. Uh, <laughs> five see, feet. Five see, this, feet. It scared me because I have a thing for heights. Yes. So imagining myself in that situation, I would be freaking out within like a few hours. Oh, yeah. I probably wouldn't even make it an hour before I'd be screaming my head off. <laughs> well, it's so cold sounding, too. Like just the wind and ugh, yuck. And then he has to deal with this asshole more that's like kicking him with steel-toed boots and with leather <laughs> straps and not giving him anything to eat. He's oh. having fun picking on him. Yeah. As high as honor my ass, the errands. <laughs> <laughs> but it is terrifying. I mean, like five feet. Five feet is just, I mean, like, that's not like enough. That's not like enough for someone to even like lay down. No, without. he's lucky. He's a you know. This is one of those situations where he's frankly lucky. He's a dwarf, right? And, and the floor yeah. slants downwards. So yeah, I mean, you'd be too scared to even fall asleep, mm-hmm. right? Right. I can't. I can't even imagine it. I'm five feet tall, and I'm a very short person. <laughs> so to think that these cells made for like everyday people, no one would be able to be comfortable there. It's just. Everything in that cell is geared to make them go crazy and just like jump out. 
Yeah. And from the sounds of it later on, it sounds like they're smaller cells than this. Yeah. Oh. Boy, I mean, just awful. Yeah. People are just terrible. Yeah. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. All right. So now um, for a little self-reflection on how Tyrion got here. It starts with his audience with little Lord Robert and Lady Liza. Liza accuses him of murdering John Aaron. This in turn irritates Tyrion and his mouth gets him in trouble once again. Little Robert wants to make the bad man fly before Catelyn reminds Lysa that Tyrion is her prisoner. So Servardus takes him to the Sky Cell where he's currently been mistreated by Mord again. I love how mad at himself Tyrion is for like like mouthing off about it though. Like he's so like God, I should not I mean how how many of us have been in that situation? Like, oh my god, if I only would have shut kept my mouth shut right? this whole thing and I mean he just, you know, absolutely could not. And you can kinda see why too. Because it's like he knows he's gotta have such a I told you so to cat because he knows what lies is like way more than cat does. He knows how this, you know, he knows this is all bullshit and just like he's kind of so pissed about everything. <laughs> yeah, well, I kind of like that, how it kind of layers in, you know, the fact that he does know Lysa. He, he even knows Robert, you know, I mean, you know, Sweet Robin and, and like he even knows Servardus, like because, you know, they were all yeah. at court together. And so you kind of you kind of have to appreciate that kind of layer of history that's there. So it's like he knows them. He knows what he's doing with. But because he knows them, he can't keep his mouth shut. I mean, like. <laughs> Obviously, it's the beginning of seeing his real impulse control problems, but, you know. (laughs) Those those Lannisters seem to have a family issue with that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a family tree. I mean, Tywin does tell them that, like, or brings them all up to think that they're better than everybody else. So what do you expect? They're all going to just think they can say whatever they want to whomever they want. (sighs) Which, I mean, you know, to a certain extent, you can kind of see Tyrion, he... You know, he knows he's telling the truth. He knows that he's, you know, he's completely in the right in terms of, you know, what is the just thing. So, yeah, it's pretty hard for him to shut up. <sighs> Let's see. Um, he does wonder whether Jamie and Cersei really did have anything to do with the murder of John Aaron. Um, also, the attack on Bran, he feels, was cl- clumsily executed, too. Really odd. He thinks that someone may be trying to start a feud between the Lannisters and the Starks. I love how he, he, I mean, he doesn't exactly have this thought, but clearly he thinks it was so stupid it couldn't even have been Cersei, which is great. (laughs) Well, and that he has this passing thought, which, you know, we find out is actually true, you know, books later, that, yeah, Yeah. he was being used, and, yeah, it's just, um, you know, it'd be interesting to see if, if sometime in the future books that'll never be written if, you know, Peter and Tyrion, whatever, meet up. Since, I mean, really, Peter is kind of the source behind a lot of a lot of what's happened to Tyrion. I really think that Peter should have just been a pothead, like I said, in Drunk Cast. <laughs> <laughs> it's a preview. <laughs> uh, so, we get um, Tyrion decides he's had enough of the Sky Cells and calls for Mord. He promises Mord gold in exchange for a message sent directly to Lady Liza, stating that he's ready to confess his crimes. I love that. He, I love that he did not plan this at all. 
it's just like all off the cuff because he I, I mean like he he reads he reads what does he reads on the side of the scale the, the, blue the is cell calling in blood. yeah <laughs> like, which and he's so like ominous. he's like people lose their minds in here i'm gonna lose my mind i just gotta get out i mean like it, he just can't not and he just wings the whole thing which is hilarious which is pretty great because i don't think anybody else would do that they'd probably just sit there and go crazy and then fall off Side. <laughs> or, you I know, know I they'd, would. They'd you know have an escape. Like let's say it's Jamie. I mean, Jamie would have tried to fight Mord and escape his way out. You know, mm-hmm. at a certain point. So, so that night, Servatus Servatus brings Tyrion before Lady Liza. All the powerful houses of the Vale are in attendance. We have a full house tonight. We got Brendan, Sir Brendan. Lord Nestor, Sir Albor Royce, Sir Lynn Corbury. We got an Eon. A Lord Eon Hunter. <laughs> You're there. <laughs> How was it? <laughs> <laughs> we got Lady Anya Wainward and her sons. Um, there's some other people that he doesn't really recognize in the audience. And um, Sir Roderick, Catelyn's there, Marillion, and even Bronn. Bronn's giving him a nod, saying, what's up, bro? And he's holding on to the pommel of his sword. Like stroking his sword, probably. It's like a big wig. <laughs> 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 and then Tyrion steps forward and begins confessing his crimes that he lays with whores, gambles, mocks, pretty much everything except admit that he's killed John Aaron. And then Catelyn accuses him again of plotting to kill Bran and he denies it. Liza is about to send him back to his cell, but he demands a trial and Liza's one in little. Aaron to make the judgment on the trial and Tyrion's just like, hell no, I want a trial by com- combat. So, Liza gets Servardus. She wants him to be the champion and Tyrion names Jamie. But since Jamie's not there, Bronn, he ends up vo- doing the volunteering for it. He's the one that's going to be Tyrion's man. This is so interesting. That I mean, like... <sighs> I don't know. I th- I think we're kind of running again into like George not fully baking all of his ideas <laughs> at the point that he's doing them. But it's interesting that this is kind of like our introduction to trial trial by combat, which will kind of be a feature throughout the series. And that it's like this, you know, haphazard. They're you know, it's almost like they're you know they're granting it to him as a joke, and it's and they won't even do it the way that he wants. He can't even name his own champion. Right, which seems, you know, really, like, that seems very ingrained that you get to name your own champion. Yeah. You don't just, you know, although I guess, I mean, if you don't have a volunteer, you know, I guess you'd have to I mean, although I guess if you're, let me, like, look at Cersei's situation, well, and Marjorie's too, where, you know, they they have to have a member of the Kingsguard because of some weird tradition. But, I mean, we don't hear anything like that from other people. I think it's also thing, um, sorry, something we didn't actually talk about was that how Marillion was there during this whole thing, and he was kind of, like, egging him on, keeping in the back of his mind that, like, there's a singer here. Like, he's going to remember this. But, like, there's all these different people there, and it's neat how they keep coming back to Marillion and, like, how he ends up coming in later in the series. And you're like, oh, yeah, that's that same guy. He's been up there that whole time. And it's just neat to, like, see his character progression because he's, like, pretty annoying when you meet him the first time. And just how much he progressed as, like, a pain-in-the-ass annoying person (laughs) by the time you see him again. You're like, oh, he kind of deserves it. Yeah. 
I remember from our cat reread, Cat didn't want him to come with them. Like she yeah. didn't even want him to keep coming with them. And it, it's interesting that then, you know, of course, he ends up in the area and then he tries to molest Sansa, and uh, it's horrific. Yeah, I I actually rereading this chapter, I'd uh, I'd forgotten that the moon door actually isn't the way it is in the show. I I, I had to be reminded that it's uh, the moon door is actually a door, and not the uh, the hole in the floor that makes no sense. Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) it's kind of more like you know, like a wily coyote thing where it's like you open the door and you walk out off a cliff. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why every wily coyote reference is always funny to me, but. I mean, it's kind of, when you think about this, though, like, the, I mean, Liza is, her behavior is so unhinged here. Like, she's actually, you know, she knows Tyrion didn't kill Jon Aaron. She, yeah. you know, she knows that Tyrion has no fucking idea. It's not like she's killing him for any reason at all. Like, she's well, so unhinged that she's going to well, kill Tywin Lannister's son. Like, she's exactly. risking that. Like, that's amazing. And, but think about, too, now compare this to what we know from Kat's chapters, where Liza is pissed that Kat has brought Tyrion there, and yet Liza's going to go ahead and kill him there? Yeah. I mean, it's like she herself has gone, like, completely from one one pole to the other with her opinions on this thing. I mean, like, this is this is the definition of embroiling yourself in in whatever the mess is about to be. Where she's she was mad at Cat like a couple yeah. chapters ago for bringing him there at all and for having him you know basically for dragging her into it. I mean, do you think that there are some oh. secret ravens going yeah. back and forth between That's what her I was and Littlefinger? Too, that maybe Peter was uh, advising her. I wonder yeah. if it's, kill him. If it's <laughs> I wonder if it's Peter that made her go crazy because it's like. She he's the only constant, and I know she had some miscarriages, and her marriage wasn't that great. But she is just so like batshit crazy. Yeah, I he just feeds feel her like paranoia. You know, her whole life he's just been like feeding her these little things, telling her he loves her on the side, but can't be together. And I can only imagine what that would do to your psyche. Well, then she's got a you know her son with like some pretty serious health problems, and yeah, I mean it's yeah, I mean. What I mean, that's the thing, like, it's hard to think of Liza as a villain. It's just that she's such a tragic, you know, she's a pitiful character. She is a villain. Well, I mean, she is, but it's like, you kind of, she really is. I mean, she is an active villain in this story. I mean, like, yeah, she is being manipulated. I agree. But I mean, like. She is an active villain, but you, you know, your life is so tragic and she's been so badly used by the people that are supposed to love her. And, you know, she's, yeah, I mean, imagine I, how different she would have been if, you know, she and Jamie got married when, you know, she was, you know, like 14 or 15 or whatever. Like, it would just, you know, she would have just had this, like, common normal life, I think. I mean, like, I'm going to go ahead and pause it. With the self-delusion that Liza is capable of, I think there is an underlying issue there. <laughs> Some sort of psychosis underneath it all. But she, yeah, I agree with you. She's probably the type of person, if she hadn't had the terrible things happen to her that she did happen, have happen, like, you know, host her, you know, with the forced abortion and um, all of that ridiculous stuff. And then, of course, you know, I, I, I don't disagree. I'm sure that Littlefinger has done quite the mind fuck on her. You know, I have no I mean, doubt not about to, like, that. Remove all of her, you know, 
all of her personal responsibility, but I just have a hard time. Like, she has a lot. <laughs> she but, has yeah. so much. She just has so much. She's yeah. had so much shit happen to her. Like, I can't hate her. I just pity her. You know, whereas Littlefinger, yeah. I can hate. Sorry, Drums. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's oh. just a point that maybe he was talking to her behind the scenes. That's possible. You know what else I loved about this? these little scenes is... You know, even though it's from Tyrion's POV, you manage to see that Kat is somewhat hesitant about what's going down, which when you're reading her chapters, you know, like, it isn't long. I think it's the chapter immediately after she she kidnaps Tyrion that she's already starting to go, was I right to do this? Is he? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, whenever, like, um, Liza and, you know, her little sweet Robin are wanting to kill him, and she's like, hey, hold up, hold up. This is my prisoner. You know? No, I think she learns to handle her a little bit better, too, because I feel like if at this point Kat had been like freaking out, then all of Liza's paranoia would have turned on her. Like she can't object too strongly. Like she kind of has to she kind of has to be a little subtle about it. Yeah. But then there's people like, you know, the Blackfish who also has to be like, Jesus fucking Christ, like what are you doing? You know, like he's, you know, not a dumbass. Ugh. Yeah, but no, he, he really doesn't get involved. Well, I mean, he's clearly seen some shit. Yeah. I mean, like, well, he, doesn't he try to warn Kat before they get there? I yeah. think he does. Yeah. He does. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he does. And I mean, he's certainly eager enough to leave and go to Rob when it's over. <laughs> yeah. See ya. And then I love the I love the bronze stuff here, too. Because like, well, one of the funniest things in this chapter, which we I forgot to mention it in the section you were talking about, Dion, but... Um, when Tyrion's remembering how he got there and he remembers that Bronn had to carry him the last bit of the way and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just kind of like layered kind of throughout the chapter. You don't really notice it until you get to the end when Bronn, you know, volunteers to be his champion. But clearly he and Bronn have really bonded in a way. Yeah, like Kat, Catelyn mentions how they've been, you know, talking and joking and everything. And so, yeah, they've, they've developed some sort of their bros now. It's just when you think, you know, some of the, there's a little bit of a delight here in being able to know what's going to happen, you know, five books later. And just thinking of, you know, Bronn having dispatched all of these enemies with his stepson Tyrion, like shoving it in, in Cersei's face, like basically kind of living in splendor. It's like kind of great. Oh, like I God. kind of, I mean, I much prefer that, like, storyline for Bronn compared to, you know, the show storyline where, you know, he's just, like this, yeah, I don't know, attached to Jamie, but it's just fun to think of him living it up. Bizarrely like that. attached to Jamie when he can't be in a scene with Cersei. <laughs> right. That's a very good point. <laughs> I do have to say, when I was reading the chapter, I was wondering how did he carry him up the mountain? Did he carry him like a little baby on his hip? Or, did or he like, like a sack of potatoes? Yeah. Like a baby like Bjorn or something? That. <laughs> I hope he cradled him like a baby. I hope that's what it was. <laughs> That's how I pictured it. That's why, it's so funny to picture Jerome Flynn like holding Peter Dinklage like that too. Oh God, I wish we had art of this. I know, like, that'd be like awesome fan art. Yeah. Someone get on that. <laughs> oh God. Well, I mean, like, I, I just, I, I mean, you know, at this point, you know, when you're reading this. You just feel so bad for Tyrion because <laughs> it's just like it just seems like life is constantly shitting on him. I mean, like no more so than by the time you get to this chapter where it's just like, oh, God, he's in these 
terrible cells and then he's you know stuck here and and they want to kill him and now he's got to you know hope that Bron can pull this out for him i mean it's just so crappy and it just feels like he's there for you know he's basically kind of fucked himself over because he couldn't keep his mouth shut which is such a relatable issue <laughs> too I honestly feel sorry for Servardus. I mean, he didn't oh, really too. want to do to volunteer for this. And at first, I mean, he's thinking that he's actually going to have to fight Tyrion. And all these yeah. other guys are just immediately yeah, wanting everyone to volunteer. Else is like, yeah, let's let's kill him. Yeah, dicks. Yeah. I mean, he fought with honor. Yeah, he did. I kind of wish Harry the heir had been here for this scene. That would have been interesting. It would, yeah, that would have been fun yeah. because you know he's kind of a dick and at least we would have you know yeah mm-hmm. we would have had no idea to pay attention to that but yeah it would have been fun not at the time right. but i mean eventually of course i'm sure that harry did not exist in george's oh, mind yeah of course not. <laughs> not at all not at all um anything else <laughs> um are we good oh no no there's <laughs> nothing else okay it'll be um, good do we have any mail, girl? Yeah, we have a few pieces of mail um, from our friend John emails and says, um, this is from today. Well, now I really feel like an asshole for ripping on Roy Dotrice. Embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> as, as do we all. Um, does this mean we can get Richard Dormer, who plays Beric Dondarrion, to read the next books? Please, God, yes. I'm like I'm in love with that guy's voice. Like I kind of am in love with Richard Dormer. He's got that same sort of like he's not so attractive that I you know I feel like maybe if he was pretty drunk I might have a shot. <laughs> Whereas you know there's like the Nikolai's that it's like there's no chance. But I feel like the Liam Cunningham, um, the guy that played uh, oh who's the Kingsguard that Arya killed. Oh, oh gosh, Marin Trant. Um, yeah, like yeah. the guy who played Marin Trant, and like well, Richard Dormer is probably too good looking. Okay, the guy who played Marin Trant, like that might be my celebrity ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> I okay. I want it to be Harry Lloyd. I will just put in another plug here. Harry Lloyd read like the Duncan Egg Tales, and he is so damn good at it. I Kudos. really need to d- listen to the Harry yeah. Lloyd Duncan Egg Tale audio version. I I've heard just that. read it. Or sorry, Harry Lloyd, who plays Viserys in the first yes. season of Game of Thrones. It's, he's amazing. Yeah, he's amazing. I don't know if oh, it's still awesome. on a super sale, but apparently Night of the Seven Kingdoms was on a big sale on Amazon, if anyone is interested in picking it up. Um, it's the book amazing. or the audio book? The book. Um, we what? have a, another email f- or a message on Tumblr from Kaylee By, who says, I'm a newer listener to your podcast and I love you all. I've been listening to your past shows, and I recently listened to both of your spouse cast episodes. <laughs> I, I loved both, but my favorite was your husband's reflection on Game of Thrones and you guys. I was wondering if they would be willing, if they would be doing this again soon. I noticed that it seems to be yearly around this time of the year when you do it, at least the last two years. So will they be doing a spouse cast again in the near future? Thanks. Keep up the good work. So I don't know what what, what are the we haven't talked like about Eon. it really. You know, yeah. actually, Mr. Eon asked me about it about a month or so ago because he's he's down for it because okay. he was actually he was thinking about it. So I mean, whenever anyone's wanting to plan a spouse cast, I, know I mean, Mr. Mine's, Eon, mine's always down to embarrass me on podcasts <laughs> right? at any time. Hmm, right. I'll have to like, I'll have to like. 
think about some possible themes for this. I feel like we need to have a theme, right? Ben. I really like the last spouse cast. That was really funny. Was that the game show? I think it was the game show one, wasn't it? It was like very, very um, lightly related to A Song of Ice and Fire. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, was that the newlywed thing? Yeah, yeah. It was, yeah. Oh, I wanted to kill him. Yeah, I mean, same here. I feel like all of you should have wanted to kill your husbands and vice versa after that one. God say. Oh, God. (laughs) Okay, so we have have one from an Anon on Tumblr, and this was actually meant for our drunk cast, but it came in just after we finished recording, so we didn't get to it. So I didn't want you to have to wait forever to get an answer. So, Um, hi, ladies. Thank you for this wonderful podcast. Few questions for drunk, drunk cast. Um, you now have carte blanche in addition to our long way to bang. What specific JB moments, dialogues, and scenes would you guys like to see in season eight? Oh, on the show? I mean, for me, golden bitch slap. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Mm. Um, maybe I mean, the, yeah. I, I want the Brienne bath scene where she's in the bathtub thinking about Jamie. Oh yeah, yeah. That wouldn't be bad either. But how do you how do you convey that she's thinking of him as you know, half a corpse and half a god? Just <laughs> <laughs> like hazy Jamie ghost appearing. Yeah. Like, I think he'd actually have to come in the bath, like for reals. Oh, okay, well, he could come in the bath. That'd be good too. <laughs> I know what you said there. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, but seriously, Golden Bitch Slap would be good, and I'll tell you why. I would hope that it would happen to Torment, and because Torment has red hair, we could then gif it so that we could put the book words over it, which would automatically be far superior to anything that the show would do, and then we would get the real Bitch Slap scene, like, sort of, in a gif set. Yeah, I'm, you know, I know you're in it for the gif, so this is perfect. <laughs> 100% why I'm in it, so yeah, I would love that. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Is there anything else? I mean, I'd well, love you know to see what? no chance and no choice. Like, I'd love to see Brienne, you know, being a hero to random characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you know what I always wanted was the, like, you know, the Jamie scrambles to his feet at Penny yeah. Tree. Where he doesn't expect to see her and, like, clearly is flustered. Yeah. Like, I would love that. Like, Nikolai always plays it as, like, he's got so much control when he sees Brienne. I would kind of like it if we got a little... Yeah, he Foot's hasn't crap. really been out of con- like Nikolai hasn't really had a scene out of control, and I mean, if there's like a moment I think in the dragon pit when she grabs him, like one tiny second, and that's like the first time we've kind of well, seen when, him. When he first saw her in the dragon pit, he kind of did a double take, but I mean, like I need a real scramble. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. This Anon goes on to ask if you could kick back and get your drunk on with any of the characters, who would they be? I mean, Tyrion and probably, like, Tyrion would be fun. Although he'd make fun of you. Well, I'd make fun right back. Okay. <laughs> um, You're short, so are you. <laughs> oh, the wit. I'm, I'm going to go with Oberyn Martell myself. I feel like yeah. if you got drunk with Oberyn, you're going to end up in an orgy. Like, it's just going to happen. And I feel like that's why I want to get okay. drunk with Oberyn. <laughs> just so we're clear. <laughs> I think show Braun would be good. That's what I'm going with. Uh, 
I, I want to say Dario Naharis. Oh, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Wait, sh- show her books. Books. Oh. Oh. Oh, wow. Bluebeard and all, huh? <laughs> mm-hmm. So hard to choose. They're all so good. I I think Asha would be fun, too. Asha would be fun. Yeah. Or, like, maybe Dolores Ed. <laughs> <laughs> How about, um, what is it? Show Podrick. Aww. Aww. Again, you might end up in an orgy, just saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, prostitutes didn't want his money. It might be worth it. <laughs> okay, uh, one final part to this question. What do you think a drunk JB scene would look like? Are they giggly drunks, morose, ready to brawl, or just flat-out horny and grossly PDA until everyone shouts at them to get a room? <laughs> like, I know what I would choose. What would you choose? The last option. <laughs> Are they I both? Just, I just can't even imagine them both being drunk. I just like, don't think Brienne would be able to handle her alcohol. She'd either like either drink too much and end up getting sick, or she'd pass out and just go to sleep. I feel like she'd be sleeping like at a, like sleeping on the table of the inn. She'd be sleeping in her soup or something, yeah. you know. Yeah. yeah. This this kind of implies though that Jamie and Brienne are getting drunk together, right? Right. So she yeah. might maybe stay a little more awake rally. and alert. Yeah. And I, I guess I'm leaning toward the PDA or something. I mean, is I this like before or after point. they're together? Yeah. Like immediately but, before. <laughs> true. Bingo. But if Brienne was like the sleepy kind of drunk, I can see the the scene going where. Jamie, like, takes off his cloak and puts it on her and, like, takes care of her. I, I would like that scene, too. It would be cute. I think she also would Sweet. drunk flirt by hitting him. <laughs> oh, definitely. <laughs> Knocks out a tooth on accident. Just, like, <laughs> arm punching, you know? She'd go for a high five, but then she'd be like, oh, sorry. In your face. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to high five your face with my face. <laughs> so that's our mail um, okay <laughs> all right well well thank i just want to thank everyone for for doing this little podcast with me tonight yeah thank you yeah, for modding yeah. everybody i know like me and girl thought we were both modding did you both prep yes yes <laughs> yeah used yeah used a little bit so i it wasn't all for not so yeah. <laughs> All right. So that concludes our podcast for the night. If you have any questions or comments, you can visit us on Tumblr and Facebook or shoot us an email at close the door and at gmail.com. You can even tweet us on the Twitter too. Be sure to like and subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and all the places. We love seeing reviews here. Here and yeah, there. We haven't gotten and an everywhere. iTunes review in a while. So, you know, bring it on. Oh yeah, bring it. We even that. like the bad. We love. We even like the bad reviews too. They're funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and check us out on Patreon. Becoming one of our Patreons has its perks, like early access to our latest episodes. So that concludes our podcast for tonight. I'm closing the door. Get out.